Hey, hasn't this been a fun evening? Let, let's thank God for all the workers that made tonight happen out there. Come on, lift it up to them. You know, there's so much fun happening out there. I wondered if you'd all been tied up with the um, whiskey daddle, what they call that. I thought they'd been passing out the whiskey. There was so much fun going on out there. But there's some people here tonight that actually run in the marathon and finished. Are they here? Stand up if you ran and you finished it. All right. Yeah, there she is. Whenever I see her running, Pam, I say to that, she makes me sick. (laughs) I remember when she was as big as I am and, and where she could hardly move. Is that right, Pam? And then all of a sudden she's lost all that weight and she's running marathons. That's crazy. <laughs> now the front row are looking at me and saying, I can't believe you said that. What did I say? Did I do it? It was all right? Okay, yeah. But um, thank you for coming out tonight. You know, when the marathon happens, it creates chaos for us uh, because we have to close our doors and, um, and, and we can't do church. Um, it's amazing how many people feel that because they can't come to church, they don't have to give, so our offerings dip. Um, but I, I thank God that there are faithful people who say uh, the kingdom of God is bigger than one day and we can make something happen. And I believe that God wants to move here tonight. And um, I I really believe that God is going to um, speak to somebody in this place tonight. How many are ready to hear from God? Amen. All right, let's stand. Let's stand for a minute. And um, and right now, I, I want you to reach out to God. Can you bring the lights up on the congregation just a little bit, please? I'm just seeing blackness at the minute. And I want to see people. Uh, So, there you are. All right, come on, let's lift our hands to heaven right now. And uh, let's ask Jesus to come right now and fill this place and also fill our hearts with his presence. How many know it's more than what John King says? It's what the King of Kings says. It's Jesus invading the atmosphere. It's Jesus coming in and doing what we never expected him to do. He is free to do his thing here tonight. We open up this service to you, Lord Jesus, and pray that you will invade the atmosphere with your presence and that you will cause people to know they are not here by chance and that, Lord, even if they drag themselves here, they're here in your will and you are ready to minister right into their hearts. We pray, have your way, Holy Spirit. We pray right now, Jesus, prepare every heart for your word. We ask it in your name and for your glory. And all God's people said... Amen. Amen. Shake a few hands quickly. If you haven't shaken them already, say, I'm glad you're here. All right.
The story goes that there were three people in a small plane. The pilot, a boy scout, and the world's smartest man. And everything is going well until the plane's engine fails and the plane starts to spiral down slowly to earth. If that wasn't bad enough, the pilot shares even more terrible news that there are only two parachutes on board. So the world's smartest man, he quickly grabs one and says he's jumping out of the plane He says, I'm sorry about this, but I'm the world's smartest man, and I have a responsibility on the planet. So the pilot, as the world's smartest man jumps out, he turns to the boy scout, and in an an act of unbelievable compassion and, and generosity, he speaks about how he had lived a long and wonderful life and, and that it was really his fault for not having the right number of parachutes on board. And now the Boy Scout is so young and you've got your whole life ahead of you. So he insists that the Boy Scout takes the only remaining parachute and that he jumps and lives. The Boy Scout says, relax, Captain. The world's smartest man jumped out of the plane with my backpack. (laughs) How many know that the world is filled with intelligent people making extremely stupid mistakes? And tonight, uh, we're going to deal with the subject of standing strong in uncertain times. We're looking at this not from the point of view of the skeptic or the atheist. We're looking at this from the point of view of the believer that may be facing or going through great times of uncertainty. The Christian fighting doubt in critical times when faith is needed but faith is being challenged. Now, now, as I, I prayed about this word, and, 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 and last week I spoke, you remember, and I talked about not being certain, none of us know what tomorrow holds, and when tomorrow came after that Sunday, we woke up to the, the most tragic and terrible thing happening in Vegas with the death of, of 58, 59 people and hundreds more that were injured, and the whole nation was shocked. We're living in uncertain times. We're living in times that even Christians find that their faith is challenged. You know, if any Christian tells you that they never have difficulty with doubt, let me tell you that every Christian faces doubt about God at some time in their Christian life. And if anyone tells you anything different, they are lying And the truth is not in them. Because every Christian goes through seasons and moments of doubt. And many are in this place saying, right now, really, I thought I was the only one. (laughs) But the fact is that there are questions that surface in Christians' minds. When things don't work out as you thought that they would work out. When prayer doesn't seem to be answered when sickness suddenly invades in a massive way, when it is that there's sudden death that hits a family, 
when careers crash, and when the stock markets tumble, when politics seem absolutely crazy. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And when it is that terrorists attack, and earthquakes happen, and tornadoes rip through, and when it is that we're facing hurricanes like never before, when it is that we find that there are crazed gunmen and people are injured by the hundreds, where is God in all this? And the questions come to our mind. In times of uncertainty, I want you tonight to be assured as you leave here that as a Christian, you can be certain that God is in control. That it is that in the midst of all that we may be going through, God is in control. In uncertain times, you need to know that God remains certain. He is absolutely sure and knows what's happening and knows what's going on. So hang in with me here tonight because it may be that tonight I may stop you jumping out of a plane, out of a plane with nothing but a backpack. Um, uncertain times. Let's read Matthew chapter 26. Matthew 26, and I'm going to read from the Message Bible, verses 31 to 38. This is what it says. Then Jesus told them, before the night's over, you're going to fall to pieces because of what happens to me. There is a scripture that says, I'll strike the shepherd helter-skelter, the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I, your shepherd, will go ahead of you, leading the way to Galilee. Peter broke in. Even if everyone else falls to pieces on account of you, I won't. Now stop there a moment. I want you to note how Peter and the other disciples totally missed the promise that Jesus made about his resurrection. It was that all they heard was that you're going to fall to pieces and they missed the promise that Jesus made. In the midst of our most uncertain times, we sometimes get so taken up with the uncertainty we forget the promises of God. And we forget that God is in control. Pick the scripture up again. Jesus says, don't be so sure. This very night before the rooster crows up the dawn, you will deny me three times. Peter protested. Even if I had to die with you, I would never deny you. And all the others said the same thing. See, these disciples couldn't take in what was happening around them. They had these past three years seen and been witness to the most remarkable things that anyone had ever seen in the whole of Israel and for that matter in the whole of the then known world. They had seen remarkable miracles happening. They had witnessed people being healed of every disease and every sickness known in their communities. Even seen Jesus raise dead people, some who had been dead for days, and they were raised out of their graves. They heard the most remarkable teacher that had ever walked the face of the planet. 
They literally heard the Son of God, God in the flesh, uh, preaching and teaching. It was remarkable. They actually thought that they were made. They thought that they were a part of something now that they were now going to be catapulted into some kind of fame and going to see something happening that they could only have ever dreamt of. They were the closest of all people to this miracle worker, to the Son of God. But now he is saying, the world, your world is going to fall apart. You are going to be facing things you've never faced before. And Jesus now is telling them that things are going to happen that will cause them to feel the ground was falling out from underneath their feet. Jesus, the one who they had invested their lives in, is suddenly arrested. He is taken and stripped practically naked. He is beaten and led away to be crucified. Judas has betrayed him. Peter now has denied him three times, just as Jesus said that he would. And every one of them has deserted him in his greatest time of need. In the moment that you would feel that Jesus needed the most, they had all deserted and fled. They had run for their lives. So much for even if I die with you, I will never deny you. And in their minds, everything was falling apart. Not only was Jesus hanging on a cross, they were now being hunted as well. It was that now there were people out looking for them because they were the followers of Jesus. There were those who were looking for them now that were looking to take them and even have them crucified because of their belief and their following of Jesus Christ. Everything that they thought was certain was now riddled with uncertainty. But what they didn't realize was this, that their moment of uncertainty was God's greatest moment of victory. Huh. God's greatest moments. See, this is why I love the Bible. Because when you find over and over that there are uncertain times when God doesn't seem to be present, and some of you are here tonight, and and you've enjoyed the fun outside, and you enjoyed the music and everything else, but if the truth is known, you are going through difficult times. You are in the midst of uncertainty. You don't know what the future holds. You don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't even know what tonight is going to hold. You are handling stuff and going through stuff that you just don't know what is going to happen. But the fact is this, that in uncertain times, when God doesn't seem present, he's actually doing his greatest work. And tonight, God planned that you would be here. God planned that you would be in this service in order that he may invade your uncertainty, that he might step into your uncertainty and show you as he showed the disciples that their greatest moment of terror was the moment when God was doing his greatest work. 
In the moment when it is that they are in their greatest terror, God is now securing both the eternal salvation of the world and their eternal salvation, that it was in the moment that they thought was the greatest moment of uncertainty and problem and difficulty, God was invading it and he was actually doing his greatest work that ever happened on the face of the planet. In the moment when they thought God was absent, he was actually working. He was doing what they could never have done for themselves. In the moment when everything seemed to be falling apart, God is moving, God is in action. In the moment that they felt that he was absent, he was defeating Satan and sin and securing heaven for every one of us on this planet. In the moment that seemed the greatest catastrophe, in the moment that seemed to be the greatest moment of defeat as Jesus hung on a cross dying, it was the fact that God was doing his greatest work that was planned before the foundation of the earth. He was bringing to pass his will that he had planned before ever earth had come into being. It was God at work. He was working for all those who would put their trust and their faith in Jesus. And as you read the Bible, you find that over and over and over, this is happening in Scripture. People who are going through hell on earth, and yet we look back and they look back and they saw it was God's greatest moment in their lives. In the Old Testament, you know, is the story of Joseph, the Old Testament Joseph. I'm not talking Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus. I'm talking Joseph in the Old Testament. And you remember that there was this moment when he sat in a pit, in a well. He had been thrown in there by his brothers. And as he laid there in the bottom of that well, he heard his brothers discussing whether or not they would kill him or just leave him there to rot. Yet God had made amazing promises for that young man's life. God had promised things for that guy's life that that as he sat in that well, in that pit, He must have thought that it was just a figment of his imagination. The promises that had come from God about what God was going to do in his life. And he sat in that pit, he sat in that well, and he thought, how on earth is that ever going to happen? This is the end, this is it. It is catastrophe, it's over and done with. But I want to tell you that he did get out of that pit. And admittedly, he was taken as a slave, and from there he ended up in prison. It was all a downhill movement for Joseph. He was in prison for something he hadn't done, and you might say he had a right to doubt. He had a right to feel let down. He had a right to feel that all that stuff that he'd heard about greatness, all that stuff he had heard about his brothers bowing down to him, all that stuff that he had heard was now gone. He was in prison. It was that he was in a well. Not only in a well, he became a slave, and not only a slave, but now he's in prison for something he hadn't done. It may be be that as you review your life tonight, 
you find that every step that you are taking is taking you further away from what you felt God had for your life way, way back when you may have knelt at some altar or you made a commitment to Jesus Christ. It, it, it may be that every step that you took and that you were walking and that you are walking now is taking you away from the promise of God that was on your life. But what we find out is this, that every step that Joseph was taking was taking him nearer and nearer to the will of God and the promise of God coming to pass. Even as he went down into the well, even as it was that he went as a slave, even when he became uh, the, uh, convicted of a crime that he never did and he ended up in prison, every step was God working in his life and preparing him for the promises that he'd made to him to come to pass. Cutting a long story short, he actually ended up as prime minister of Egypt. And he ended up right in the center of the will of God for his life and for his family. Now as I prayed for you, as I prayed about this service, I felt that there were people that if you really got deep into their heart, if you really got into conversation with them, if you really started to go deep into where they are right now, you feel that all the promises that God has made are just something that happened that is never going to come to pass because it's been downhill ever since the promise was made. Things are not good in your life right now. I know your family is a mess right now. Maybe your finances are at the lowest that they've ever been and and it seems that there's no answer. I've been dealing back and forth all day with someone who feels, they said to me, I'm tired, I can't fight anymore. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Maybe, maybe it's you that you may have got a pink slip, it may be that it is that there seems no possibility of another job on the horizon. Maybe, maybe you're in a, living in a state that is bankrupt in a nation that is trillions of dollars bankrupt. I know that every day brings more calamity and more disaster around the world. It seems that every day we're waiting for the next bad report. We're waiting for something to happen. Um, even yesterday, uh, you know, we were uh, suddenly uh, shook when there was news that another car had mounted the, the pavement, in, in, um, mounted the sidewalk. Uh, we call them pavements in the UK. Mounted the sidewalk and hit somebody and we thought another terrorist attack. Well, actually, it was just an accident but we're all on edge we're on edge about what's happening we may think well could things get any worse could it get any worse than what they are right now and the answer to that is maybe 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 they could get worse but that's not the question I want to answer tonight, friends. And I want to answer to you, with you tonight. The question that I believe we should be asking is this. Will we trust God even when there seems to be no evidence of his activity in our lives? 
Will we say, God, I'm going to trust you even though I can't feel your presence? God, I'm going to trust you even though things are not working out as I thought they would work out. God, I'm going to trust you in the midst of my calamity. Will we maintain faith in God when we cannot see or feel God? When everything within us screams doubt. When it is that every demon in hell is screaming. As they did to one man going through incredible, incredible trial in the Bible. Demons screamed at him, curse God and die. But will you like that man Job say, Though he slay me, I'm still going to trust him. Though he slay me, I'm going to cling on to him. Though all hell is breaking loose, I'm going to hold on to him. We have to see, friends, that if you trace through the Bible, most of God's greatest things that he has done has come out of either personal or national tragedy when people just like you and me are facing what seem to be insurmountable problems, they choose to trust God even though they cannot see any evidence of God being in this situation. They chose to trust when everything was black and dark and when they couldn't see their hand in front of them as they seem to want to move forward and everything is black in front of them but they chose to trust God now I know you're saying well John that may be good preaching but that's not going to get me a job or maybe you're saying sounds all good John but that's not going to pay my mortgage next month it may be that you're saying good, good stuff, but that's not going to keep my kids in school. Or that's not going to bring back my prodigal son or daughter. Or that's not going to make me well. That's not going to take away my pain. You're right. I have to tell you that there's never been a time as a pastor that I have had some magic answers to some of the problems that people in our church face and go through but I know something that I want you to leave here with it's this that as all we find ourselves in the midst of uncertainty in times when life is uncertain in times when the economy is uncertain in times when there's huge international calamities threatening or happening in times of huge terrorist threats In times of total uncertainty, God is not uncertain. He still has the whole world in His hands. God is still in control. You can trust Him. A quick story. You know, back in 1979, Letty and I were pastoring the church in the middle of England. And I got a call from a guy who wanted me to have a man by the name of Richard Wormbrand and his wife Sabina to come and preach at our church. 
I, I couldn't believe that that was happening. See, I, I just read his book. His book was called Tortured for Christ. It was the story of Richard and his wife. They were Romanian Jews that had got converted to Jesus and then called to pastor a church in Romania. They were people who had been caught and now taken into custody and now were being persecuted and tortured in terrible ways. Oh, I'm telling you, if you read that book, you will see what they had to go through. There are things that I wouldn't like to mention from here. But the fact is they went through torture like I'd never read of anyone going through torture for their faith in Jesus Christ. And then suddenly they come into not only my town, but they actually came to our home. They were speaking at our church that night. And they came and had a meal with us before the service. I want to tell you, I felt I was in the presence of a spiritual giant. I felt I was with a saint. And this humble man and his wife were telling Letty and I of the horrors and torture that were unbelievable, but they were true. And I I asked him, I, I, I said, Brother Wimbrand, I didn't even dare call him by his first name. I knew I was in the presence of greatness. And I said, how were you able to hold up against that stuff? How were you able not to doubt and not quit? He suddenly gazed off into space. And as if he was transfixed suddenly tears came down his cheeks and he said I just gripped the verse Romans 8 28 and I believed it all things work together for good to them who love God and who are called according to his purpose and he said I gripped on to that verse He said, in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the agony, I gripped onto the verse and said, whatever's going on, whatever's happening, I'm going to trust God and I'm going to trust his word and I'm going to believe what the scripture says. He says, you know, John, I I, I, I said that verse over and over and over. It just came out of my mouth. it's It's one of those texts, one of those scriptures that everyone knows. He said, but when you're in the midst of it, when you're in the midst of torture, when you're going through pain, he says, now that verse came alive to me. And I said, all things, all things, your word says, all things work together for good to them who love God and who are called according to his purpose. Listen, friends, I don't believe that things are going to get better in America or in the world. They're going to get worse. And as your pastor, I don't want you just turning up for food. I don't want you just turning up for church. I don't want church just to be something that you do on a Sunday. And that maybe I'll try this church and this church and this church and this church to see which one can entertain me or look after me the best. No, I want you grounded in your faith. I want you in the place, friends, where your trust is in God. That well on when all hell breaks loose against us, 
as we face whatever we're going to face in the future there is no better place to be than in the grip of God I want to tell you as we face whatever we're going to face in the future there's no place better to be than saying on Christ the solid rock I stand there's no there's no place that is better to be than to say, though he slay me, yet I'm going to trust him. There's no place that is better to be than in the place of saying, I'm going to stand solid for Jesus Christ by his grace and by his power. Because I want to tell you, friends, what the Bible says is true. What we face in the future will not call for weakness need faith. It will call for people who are standing firm in Jesus Christ and who are grounded in God and saying, though all hell break loose, I'm going to trust Him. I'm going to give my life for Him. I'm going to know His blessing in my life. Now, the disciples did stand. And actually, they had to go through a lot of stuff. In fact, Every one of them, bar one, was killed for their faith in Jesus Christ. What made the difference? I want to tell you what made the difference. It was a mighty infilling of God the Holy Spirit. You see, it's not by our power or by our might. It's by my Spirit, says And, and so tonight, as we, we bring this to a close, I was determined to get your kids home early tonight and and then I don't think they've got school tomorrow have they so we're okay aren't we uh-huh. but uh, but I, I never realized that and I was going to get you out of here early but I really believe that there are those who need to affirm tonight my faith in Jesus Christ that it is that you affirm tonight though all hell break loose I'm going to stand in faith even when I can't see my hand in front of me, even though the devil invades me with doubt, even though my my life seems to be falling apart, I've got nowhere else to go, I've got no one else to run to, I am now absolutely affirming that in Christ I stand and I will not move, I will not shift, I am putting my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Some of you don't know what to do about the future. God's saying tonight, will you put the future in my hands? Will you trust that whatever happens, I'm going to bring you through? We stand and say, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. We belong to Jesus Christ. Some of you tonight, you've been faltering in your faith. Some of you tonight, you've been walking away from God. Your parents may know it, but you know it. It is that your parents may have not seen it as greatly as you've seen, but you know you've gone away from where God wants you to be. And God says, it's time to come home. 
That some of you here, you've been hanging on and, and, and all things are breaking loose in your mind and in your heart. And you feel as if you're going to go crazy with the thoughts that's been invading. Tonight, God is speaking and He is saying, I want you to make it certain. I want you to affirm your faith and say, tonight, I'm following Jesus. And now I'm not going to allow the enemy to have his way. God is knocking at your heart. And I want to pray for you. I want to ask God to invade your moment so you walk from here with certain faith and not uncertain fear. Say, God, I'm yours. Whatever you have for me, I'm yours. And give it all up to Jesus Christ. So can I pray for anyone? You stand and I'm going to pray for you tonight. You say, yeah. I need God. I need I don't feel we're going to rush this somehow. Just feel an impression on my spirit that God wants to do something deep in you tonight. And so I'm going to ask everyone who stands, and if you haven't stood yet, you come too, but I want you to come to the front. Will you do that? Just come to the front, please.
Whatever it costs me, I'm giving it all. I'm laying it all. I'm laying it all. I can't do this on my own anymore. I can't work it out on my own anymore. I'm giving it all to you. The devil's doubts has filled my mind. The devil has invaded me, but tonight I'm giving it all up. I'm laying it at your feet. And Jesus, from today, from today, my life is in your hands again. I'm giving it to you, Lord Jesus, and I'm going to walk and trust you. I'm going to be back in your word and back in prayer and talking with you, and I'm going to listen for your voice. And God says, I'm